0: Every business is unique. But the ups and downs we experience as we launch and run our businesses are pretty similar. We're Harmon Brothers, the team behind Pooping Unicorns and other weird but successful video ads you've probably seen. We help businesses grow through unforgettable video marketing. And we're no stranger to tricky situations. In fact, we embrace them. The goal of this podcast is to show how your crappy circumstances could be the golden opportunity that leads to your next success. You're listening to Poop to Gold. Welcome back to From Poop to Gold, this is Benton Crane, your co-host and the CEO of Harman Brothers. Today, I am joined by Tommy Mello. Welcome to the show, Tommy.
1: Hey, appreciate being on, thank you.
0: Now, Tommy is the founder of A1 Garage Doors and he is um, a marketing expert, hence why we're having him on the show. Tommy regularly contributes to Inc. Magazine, Entrepreneur, and other publications and was named one of the top entrepreneurs under 35. So, Tommy, tell us, how did you get into garage doors?
1: Oh, well, it's a loaded story. I'll sum it up with an elevator pitch. I, uh, I got in the garage door industry. I had a landscape company and my buddy said, hey, I'm working for this garage door company. Can you paint the garage doors? I said, dude, I, I don't know. I don't really know how to paint that well. He's like, well, can you figure it out if I pay you a hundred bucks a door? So I learned how to paint. I, f- I shattered a painter for three jobs. I learned how to paint myself, and I could do 10 doors a day. Let's see. It's about 16 years ago, so 2004, I could paint 10 doors a day, bring a profit of eight fifty a day. So I got to the point where I was just cranking cash. And I go meet up with these different garage door guys, and I realized how much money they were making. So me and one of my best friends started a garage door company. Three years later, I bought him out and I made every single mistake in the book. The reason why you should listen is because of – not because I'm successful, but it's because of how many times I failed. Um, And then, uh, you know, garage doors are 40% of your curb appeal. It's the smile of your home, which I trademarked. And it's the only thing on your home, more than your kitchens and bathrooms, that give you 102% return on investment. So I really love garage doors.
0: And – where is A1 Garage Doors at today?
1: Well, we started in Phoenix. We're in 14 states now. We're on pace to do about 50 million um, next year. I got a goal of 150 million, and I bet a Rolex watch to my buddy in California. Hopefully, he's listening to this. I'm going to win that bet. But forget revenue. My goal is to hit 20% profits because a lot of people brag on revenue, 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 but it's really about how much you're putting in the bank and how much you're reinvesting into your company. So we're expanding like crazy. We've got a whole recruiting department. We've got a training center. I've got 36 guys here, 35 more coming in two weeks. And uh, you're not supposed to have this much fun at work, but I love it.
0: What would you describe as the why behind what you do?
1: You know, At first, it was, I wanted to work for myself. I wanted to, uh, you know, I went to school, I got a master's degree in business, and I really liked garage doors. But now it's just, I, I say BYB, better your best. I don't have any competitors that are doing what we're doing. We rank number one all over Google. We've got the best mail campaigns. We're doing door to door. We do social media. We do video marketing. We do things from, voicemail blasts to text messaging, to handwritten cards, you name it. What I like to do now is I'm off to leave a legacy. I always said, I want to do what I want with, with who I want, whenever I want. And I'll never forget. I was on a vacation and I'm super high energy, by the way. So sorry, this is, this is me normal. Um, (laughs) I got the bill and it was a really expensive dinner and I was gone for a month and I barely even logged into my CRM. So the business runs without me completely. But I logged, in, uh, I logged in and we had set a record that month. And the bill came, and for this reason, the bill check, this was a check presenter, we'll pretend. I just stuck the credit card in and didn't look at it. And that's when I knew I had success. Because before I might have been on a date and said, please don't owe her that expensive bottle of wine.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's something about being able to take a, a you know, a friend or, or a loved one or, or even a business acquaintance out for a nice meal and not having to stress about what that, you know, what, what, what that meal is going to, going to cost. That's kind of a life-changing dynamic. Okay. Let's, uh, th- let's dive into your background a little bit. So you mentioned you've made every mistake in the book. I need you to hone in on one of those, but it's got to be one that was genuinely your poop moment where where things got dark, things got bleak, and you were kind of stretched to a point where you didn't know if you were going to be able to come out successful on the other side. Can you think of a moment like that in your journey?
1: Yeah, I think I can. I think there was a time, you know, probably seven years ago when I realized that There was a time, and this is really sad to say, but I thought I was the guy that knew everything. I was the guy that knew how to run the warehouse, the inventory, the CRM, the marketing, the recruit, every aspect of the business. And I said, without me, it won't get done right. What I didn't realize at the time was, I didn't have manuals, standard operating procedures, checklists, I didn't inspect what I expect. I didn't create accountability. I never worked on consistency. I had no leadership skills. I had no idea how to build culture. Culture was a four letter word. So back then, I mean, it was like, there was four people smoking outside. I walked in, the phone's ringing off the hook, no one's answering it. And I'm like, you know, my why had to be stronger than just not, my why is what kept me out there to say, I'm gonna build something amazing, something that's, that's legendary. And, and thank God I had a strong enough why back then to get me through the dark times because there's not a lot of business owners that I know of who haven't gone through where they've been, they felt like they're SOL, I'm very fortunate that, that those tough times make you that much stronger and get you through more bad times going forward.
0: Let let let's dive into that moment though. So you know you you're walking into your office. People are smoking. The phone's ringing off the hook. Uh, what size is your business at that point?
1: I'm gonna say we were sub seven years ago, sub sub five million, right around there.
0: Okay, so you're you've grown to the point where you've outgrown yourself. Essentially. And so you need a team around you, but as this team starts to form around you, it's just kind of chaos. Is that is that accurate?
1: It grew beyond what I could control. Like grew beyond my capacity. I, I couldn't do all the inventory. I couldn't keep an eye on the phones. I couldn't you know, we I became a really good firefighter, but over the years I had to become a fire preventer. But that's where I was back then as I became a firefighter.
0: So talk to me about what do your stress levels look like at that moment?
1: It was agitating. It was really, in my opinion, it was just frustration. And just, I kind of had to point the finger at everybody else, which is the biggest mistake instead of looking in the mirror and taking responsibility. So I tend to be upset and I had a short fuse and I, I wouldn't like cuss anybody out, but I always I wondered why Aren't you working harder? What's so hard about this? Mm-hmm. And and I I expected people to just do their best and be as good as me. But if they were as good as me, I people always said, man, I wish I had ten more of me. I go, if I had ten more of me, I'd have ten competitors, and that I do not want ten competitors.
0: <laughs> That's a really good point. So, okay, so you're stressed out, got a you know short fuse a little bit. You're you're frustrated as to why people aren't working as hard as you think they should. Um, what kind of impact does this have on the people who are close to you in, in, in your life?
1: You don't sleep as much. It's, it's a really devastating time to go through. I mean, you're not as close with anybody and what happens is you're burning the candle on both ends. And what happens is you never work on the business. You're always in it. And it's almost impossible mm-hmm. to get ahead because you're fighting every day. And even if you're profitable your mental exhaustion is just not worth it. You age rapidly. <laughs> I, mm-hmm. Luckily I didn't go through a huge time of that, but uh, you can still, you can find the wrinkles from, from those years. Hey, I,
0: I've got the gray hairs going on, I, I hear you. <laughs> I can really empathize with a lot of what you're saying here. Let, let me ask this question. Is this one of those moments where you realize I built this business because I wanted to be able to do what I want, when I want, with who I want but now the business is starting to control me and now I'm reacting to what the business is demanding of me. Did you experience any of that in that moment?
1: Yeah, I definitely felt like I lost control.
0: Was there any specific moment where you kind of had a turning point where you said enough is enough. I've got to look in the mirror. I've got to change. I've got to improve. Talk us through that.
1: Yeah. You know, when I look back and I can't put any weight on the few of these things that have happened, but they were true catalysts. Number one was finding an amazing person around what I what I consider to be my weaknesses. So someone that was really good at operations. So I hired around my weaknesses and I found I'm the dreamer. I'm the visionary. I've got a plan. I'm a marketer and a salesman. So I started to hire around my weaknesses and Adam was the first guy in 2014 where he came on And he helped me set up a CRM. He helped me run technology systems. Another one was getting us good CRM. We went to our fifth CRM in 2016, which is Service Titan, who's now a $2.3 billion company. I'll tell you what, I think we're moving exponentially greater with technology and operations is technology. So that was a big one. And then I met a guy on my podcast named Al Levy, and he taught me about organizational charts, manuals. In fact some sitting right here (laughs) i've got my uh service apprentice technician installed dispatcher i've got 34 manuals now in the company and it teaches people not only how to play the game but how to win and uh the kpis that i have all over in the whole building on dashboards tell us where we're at in a given moment and it lets me know the wins and losses of the day and i've really created with the help of an amazing fantastic phenomenal team Um, a way to know if we're winning or losing. And I I used to hate, absolutely hate financial statements and what's in the bank and looking at that crap. Now I'm like, we've got a financial quick check every Friday. I look at every single thing. All five executives of my executive team know exactly what we're doing. I look forward to that meeting. It's crazy how excited I am and how much drive I have in business. And you got to go through the downs before you realize the ups,
0: you Mm -hmm. know? Absolutely, I love it. So, having made that transition from that dark time where you'd kind of lost control, you went through all these things. You hired around your weaknesses. You brought in the people who, who you need to bring in. Now, talk to me about quality of your life, and how it's different today than it was in that dark time.
1: You know, I got pulled over the other day. <laughs> I, I was fixing an auto text. I was voice texting, and I got pulled over by a bike cop, man, I didn't have my proof of insurance. And I drive a 2012 Nissan Titan. I'm the only person pretty much in the company who hasn't got a new vehicle because I like my old Titan. I'm gonna replace it here in the next year. But I told him, listen, sir, I'm really sorry. And he's like, I don't even want to hear it. And I said, sir, I feel embarrassed. I'm the owner of this business. And I lecture the guys and he looks on the back of the truck and it's my caricature, caricature, which is, uh, (laughs) it kind of looks like me. But uh, okay. <laughs> anyways, he goes, Hey, you got to be kidding me. You guys did my garage door. And I mean, I get out and I'm smooth talking and he goes, I don't know why I'm going to do this, but I'm going to let you off with a warning. Just be a better role model to your employees. And long story short, I could tell you this. I do what I want. I go on flights. I enjoy my life. I get out of tickets. Who would have thought I, uh, I just bought a new house and it's not my house. It's the company's house because anybody could use that house if they got a family reunion i feel kind of bad to say it because it's a really nice house but it's not for me it really is truly for my employees to come and people are like you don't want your employees to go there they're gonna think that they work too hard for the money i'm like they all do work too hard we all work hard that's why they're gonna sit there to be able to enjoy this and we can enjoy it as a as a family if you will so to be able to do nice things we've got a big buck hunter we've got a golden tee We've got pinball machines four massage chairs. We've got ping pong. We've got the coffee machine, the tea machine, the popcorn. I mean, we, this is like a fun house and it's nice to be able to give back. It's nice because every time I give, I feel like I get 10 times in return. We're going to spend about $400,000 this year on charity. I'm hoping for a lot more than that next year. So I would say my heart is filled with joy just because we could give back and uh it's it's important because the culture people come here from out of the woods to work for us i mean they see what's going on here we go facebook live and people are like i want to work there and you get the talent i used to think it was about getting leads and you know getting five star reviews now i'm like get the great people you know get the great people and use our uh, core values we get the great people and all the other stuff comes. They, they go out there, they network, they get great reviews. People tell their friends, neighbors, and family. And it actually creates this thing that's just magical that you can't describe because it's a living organism. So my life now is filled with joy and happiness because of what's going on. And I tell my managers, I'm not supposed to be this happy. I mean, this is nuts. I, I, I'm the happiest person you could ever meet. I'm literally smiles from ear to ear. The new trucks we have, everybody drives a brand new vehicle. There's dual cameras in it. It, It's protected. We've gone through all kinds of training. It's just, it's fun to know that we really are the best we could ever be. And it's fun to see this time. And I'm never going to forget this time because COVID did challenge a lot of people, but we ran hard together. We we all buckled in and decided we're not going to we're not going to have to lay off a lot of people and do what everybody else had to do. We're going to we're gonna start marketing hard. Everybody's dumping their marketing. We're going to triple up. And we did mm-hmm. it. And we never look back.
0: That's awesome. Let's talk about your marketing. It sounds like you guys have become experts in a space where we're not. I'm excited to pick your brain a little bit. So most of the time on podcasts, we're talking about digital marketing, you know, Facebook, YouTube. AdWords, Instagram, Pinterest, so on and so forth and and oftentimes we kind of forget about you know the old methods, the offline stuff, traditional mail, television, radio, billboards, all that sort of thing and it sounds like you have built a truly omni-channel marketing approach for your business where you're online, you're offline, every channel that you can, you use. Tell us what you've learned about the old methods, the the, the offline advertising.
1: Well, number one, your brand has to connect on every level, from your shirts to your business cards to your vans to your website to your Facebook. They've got to connect. you got to connect the dots. I used to always think direct response was the way to go. It's the only way to go. Dan Kennedy, no BS about direct response. I've got books galore on all this stuff. But then I realized instead of being the guy that comes up when you search for garage to repair salt lake city or garage repair phoenix you want people to go to the internet and search your name that's right because the conversion rate goes through the roof and the average ticket goes through the roof and the customer satisfaction goes through the roof the three things that really matter the booking rate you're going to book the phone call you're going to convert that and it's going to be a big sale and they're going to be happy about it so i'd say TV, radio, billboards. You got to know when to buy, how to buy, how they all work together. But I've got 40 billboards up right now just in Phoenix. And I can tell you what, the quality of clients, the perfect avatar has changed. And the people are no longer price shoppers. And, you know, only 1% of the population, one to 4% are really only about price. People buy with emotion. They back it up with logic. So it's the impressions you could create. I don't put a phone number I, A1Garage.com is on most of the stuff since it's my title of my company, A1Garage for a Service, A1Garage.com. But I'm trying to get impressions. I'm trying to create something in your subconscious. And there's a great book called Influence by Robert Chadini. He's an ASU professor, but he's the master of influence. And it just, if we get enough impressions and you hear it enough, and I believe 86% of what we learn is through visual, but we still have that auditory side. So I really, really like the billboard and TV side of things. And that way, when you type in the internet, maybe you do type in garage to repair, but I'm number three on our pay-per-click. You're still going to pick us. Our click-through rate goes through the roof. And you go, I think that maybe I even used them in the past. A1, A1. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see their trucks everywhere. They're a trustworthy company. And you've already made the decision. So it's an investment. There's a lot of stuff I do online that, that's that's crazy what we're able to do with TV now even is it's programmatic. I think the big thing is you could take the same thing on digital billboards. You could take the same thing on regular billboards. You could say, how many impressions does it get? You could look at mailers. I could find out married, divorced, income. I could find out if they got a garage. I could find out if they got a pool. A lot of people like this shotgun approach. See, I don't mind a shotgun approach to start with, but it better become a laser focused rifle shot as you start to progress. And once you got enough data, the data data is worth more than crude oil at this point. Data is how you build a business. And by understanding the avatar, not only what they need to see, but when they need to see it is the most important thing. And it's, it's fun to look at these non-traditional forms and marry them with the new ones because some people say, yeah, that doesn't work. And I'm like, no, it never works when you give it one month time. You know, when COVID happened, The major stations like Fox and and, you know all the NBC ABC they were five times the viewership at a fifth of the cost wow and who would not you gotta five times five is a 25 times it's it's pretty simple the math and and so we attacked and I mean our phones ring off the hook man and we were just like we're we're hiring when everyone else is firing and laying off so so I think it's a really good way to go is to learn about it. And I don't like to be second best. If you look at this core value, the second one is uh, aspire to be number one is no matter what marketing channel, when we jumped on the podcast, I said, I'm going to figure out a way to get a viral video. I've got one with 2 million views, but I want one with like 100 million. And so we're testing out some different things. And that's what you guys have done is create a great message that's funny, that sticks, that uh, works well. So I'm a big fan of what you guys do. And and I don't think I've mastered the art of YouTube yet um, or, or the social aspect of a viral video. Now it's turned into TikTok, but I think we're going to get there. I think that's, that's my goal of 2021 is to make a video that gets at least 21 or 20 million views.
0: Awesome. I love it. Where can our listeners stay in touch with you?
1: You know, I've got a podcast. It's called The Home Service Expert. If you haven't had a chance, uh, I wrote a book called The Home Service Millionaire. There's 12 co-authors that are smarter than me in a lot of aspects if you get it you pay for shipping but it's uh homeservicemillionaire.com forward slash free you'll pay nine bucks and trust me i don't make any money on the book i don't make any money on the audible actually the audible they take 70 percent, but i'm happy to give it to them because i had a lot of fun with it and the audible's actually better or you can listen to the podcast home service expert There's a lot of people that are learning a lot about the home service industry. There's never been a better time to get in the home service industry. Uh, I think you can make, I'm trying to make the home service industry sexy again. The average plumber is 48 years old. So we need millennials to jump in and understand you can make six figures, work with your hands and work for a great company. And actually, you don't, it's not a frowned upon job. I mean, a plumber, you get, I don't think a plumber sounds bad at all. They, you know, union plumbers make 50 bucks an hour. I, I don't know a lot of people making that right now.
0: Yeah, and, right. and and especially where college has become the option where you go take on six figures of debt and then you come out and you work for, a, you know, you work as a barista or something.
1: Yeah, no, it happens all the time. I mean, there's more kids living with their parents right now. And I think that the good thing about home service for me is you've got the hospitality industry, you've got the restaurants, the, the hotel chains. All of them are saying, maybe this wasn't all that it was cracked up to be. I mean, I used to bartend too, but ultimately, I think this is creating a great poaching spot from other industries to come in and say, look, this is a great place. If you guys look at a one garagecom you can see all kinds of cool videos and stuff. Or look at our YouTube page. We're all about the culture and taking care of our people. We offer PTO, we offer all the benefits, the insurance, you get a vehicle. We well, just whatever we can do to get back. And if anybody needs a garage, just go to A1Garage.com. Uh, I'm not trying to be this great big sales pitch, but I have fun with what I do and um, I really appreciate you letting me on here and, and having a good time on your podcast.
0: Yeah, it's fun fun to get to know you. Thank you for coming on. So for our listeners, you know, if there's anything that Tommy said that that connected with you, make sure to follow up, check out his book, check out his website. And of course, if anyone wants to learn more about how Harman Brothers does what we do and how we market the way we do, check out HarmonBrothersUniversity.com. And otherwise, just make sure to like, share, and subscribe, and we'll see you on the next one. Thanks. At Harman Brothers, we're known for what we call our hero campaigns. These are big nationwide campaigns for brands like Squatty Potty, Poopery, Purple Mattresses, Lumi deodorant, and many others. What makes these campaigns special is that they've helped scale those businesses by tens of millions of dollars each. Now, companies reach out to us on a regular basis wanting a hero campaign. They want that type of growth, they want that type of branding, and they want that type of awareness. But the simple reality is, most businesses and entrepreneurs aren't yet quite ready for that level of growth. So we've built what we call a Hero Incubator that is designed to help entrepreneurs and companies prepare for a Hero campaign and to be ready for the type of growth that they're looking for. The Hero Incubator starts with a marketing audit. We offer these marketing audits for free, and you can apply for one at harmonbrothers.com forward slash audit.